Hello, I'm Anthony Day, and this is an unexpected bonus edition of the Sustainable Futures Report for Thursday the 17th of August. Last Saturday, I was asked if I would appear on Talk TV to talk about the Greenpeace action when they sat on the roof of the Prime Minister's country house in North Yorkshire. You can hear what I said, what the other panellists said, and what the public said as well. There's a transcript on the website. Apologies that it's not up to the usual standards, but I'm afraid it had to be done in a bit of a rush. The host was Peter Cardwell. As you'll hear, one caller said, Peter, where the hell do you get these people from? Anthony Day? You don't have to always present the other side. It's so annoying that you frequently invite idiots on. Peter did uh, reset the balance somewhat. Well, I want to hear the other side. I want to understand why I disagree with it. I think Anthony Day was talking absolute nonsense, but I want to understand. What do you think? Let me know. Well, thank you so much for your company this morning. We're going to go straight to our top debate. Uh, but this is a really interesting one. So I, my jaw dropped, I must say, I think it was Thursday night, when uh, The Guardian had its main story saying that Greenpeace were very annoyed because the uh, government has decided to stop all their meetings. Now, Greenpeace, clearly a very big, important eco-organisation, had lots of meetings with the government, had lots of time when they were spending with civil services servants and ministers and so on. And Therese Coffey, the Environment Secretary and the Prime Minister and his advisor said, well, actually, hold on a second. These are people who have gone to Rishi Sunak's private property, his family home in Yorkshire, where he's an MP. They have uh, covered it with black sheeting. They've trespassed. And now they're saying, oh, you've cancelled our meetings. Now, I think that might be a fairly reasonable thing to do. It's not the first time they've done it. They surrounded David Cameron's Cotswolds cottage in 2014. That was where he was an MP in um, Whitney to campaign against his support for fracking. They mounted the roof of John Prescott's home, the former Deputy Prime Minister, in 2005 in a demonstration against the government's slowness as they saw it on climate targets. And uh, yeah, the stunt at uh, Rishi Sunak's North Yorkshire mansion. So should... Uh, Greenpeace be heard by government? Should their meetings continue with government or should they be written off as just another protest group? Let, it, let me know what you think. 0344 499 1000. Let's get into this. I'm delighted that Anthony Day, who is an environmental consultant and host of the Sustainable Futures Report podcast, is with me, as is Henry Hill, who's deputy editor of Conservative Home. Henry's in the studio. Hello to both gents. Anthony, uh, maybe I can talk to you first. Uh, thank you for joining me this Saturday morning. Maybe you can tell me why you think Greenpeace should be able to continue to engage with the government. Yes, of course. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, let me make it clear, first of all, I'm not a member of Greenpeace. I'm not a member of any political party. But the thing about Greenpeace is, yes, it's got a protest fringe because it wants to keep its issues in the forefront of the public consciousness. But it also has a vast resource of experts uh, across the, the, the climate field and further. Um, and they're in Greenpeace because they are concerned about the situation and they want their voice heard. So by turning its back on Greenpeace, the government is turning its back on a significant resource of expertise about the whole climate and environment issues. What do you think um, achieved more, Anthony? Do you think the Greenpeace actually having meetings with the policymakers within government in the environment department achieved more? Or do you think the stunt at Rishi Sunak's house achieved more? 
they're two different things. Uh, to, to an extent, I would think that the experts within Greenpeace will uh, brief civil servants when asked. But there are a lot more issues that Greenpeace wants people to be aware of. And that's why you've got the protest fringe, just because they want to keep things in the forefront of the public consciousness. OK, Henry Hill, what is your thought on this? These tactics are very obviously counterproductive. Whenever any of these organisations do it, be it Just Stop Oil, be it Greenpeace, it clearly doesn't work. It's not persuading the government. The government hasn't been persuaded to Just Stop Oil by Just Stop Oil. It's clearly been deeply counterproductive. Quite, quite the opposite, well, but quite, Just Stop Oil, they're quite, continuing. Well, indeed, they just issued 100 new licences. Yeah. And again, you've, you, looking back Greenpeace, Greenpeace have all of these resources, they've got all of this access to government in which they can make, you know, informed, sensible lobbying for changes of policy. And then they throw it away with stuff like this, which clearly is deeply, is not, is going to alienate the government. And rightly so, because we're lucky in this country that, you know, we're not the United States, we're not France, we don't have our leaders swept down the road in vast motorcades, we don't have these rings of steel, right? The Prime Minister has a private house, which you can, apparently, get into and climb on the roof. But if you keep doing that, that's going to change. And I think that we do need to draw a line between lobbying someone and even protesting against someone in the public square and violating their private family home where their wife and their children live. So these tactics should be stopped. And Greenpeace wants to get back into talking with the government. They should deal with the fringe. Anthony, there, there's a point here from Henry, isn't there? Because if you are protesting peacefully, um, there's nothing to suggest that the protest at Rishi Sunak's house wasn't peaceful. But it is something different to go to someone's private home. OK, they weren't there but at the same time you're invading their space. They're, there's a 10-year-old daughter, there's a 12-year-old daughter. They're, I, I don't know, I can't speak for them, but I would assume they're not particularly happy with it, they don't feel particularly safe. I mean, these tactics can't be supported, or can they, Anthony? What do you think? Well, first of all, as you say, they weren't there. I think it's more of an issue for the people responsible for the security of the Prime Minister's property than anything well, else. come on, the people who, who trespass, they have to take some responsibility for it, don't they? Well... <laughs> Uh, what do you mean? Yes, I'm sure. Well, the responsibility for, for they breaking there, the law. They were, they were sorry, but, but you say you say it's more about the people who are responsible for the security. I think it's more about the people who staged the protest. All right, okay, but um, Henry Hills just told us that uh, all this doesn't work, and yet we are talking about it. No, it's not influenced the government. But if you look at the recent polls, a vast majority of the population are concerned that things need to be done. It's the government which is uh, not prepared to listen. And that's why protest will continue, because uh, it's the only way that we have beyond the um, uh, democratic routes, which uh, will be a general election in 18 months or something. That's the only way we're going to be able to change the government's mind and make them aware that these issues are urgent. And but, something but, but Anthony, surely, surely Greenpeace was making the government aware that these issues, in their view, are urgent. They were talking to the government, they were talking to civil servants, and then a different arm of Greenpeace, and I know it's not a hierarchical organisation, people will do what they want to do, but they, they've screwed that up, haven't they? No, well, I don't think they have screwed it. Look, I, I think I blame the government for screwing it up because there's this expertise which the government uh, can draw on and it's just decided to uh, uh, close its mind. But, now, but come on, I mean, they're closing, closing, they're your, closing eyes their mind. your fingers in your ears and going la 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 doesn't mean things will go away. Okay, the, the issues may not go away, Anthony, but at the same time, can't you see the government's point here that if you invade someone's private property, if you stage this kind of protest, that it's a perfectly reasonable thing to say, well, sorry, we're not going to talk to you anymore. 
I don't accept that it's 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 unreasonable. And unless we continue or they continue with this sort of event to keep things, as I say, in the forefront of the public conscious, things will not be done. And things are so urgent at the moment. I mean, we can see things going wrong with the climate. You've seen the news from Hawaii. You've seen the news from Greece. You may have forgotten the news from Pakistan, but the whole whole world is is uh, suffering from the climate crisis and the government doesn't seem to, to want to know. It just seems to want to drill for more oil, which will be burnt to produce more CO2. Well, give it a scenario. zero. Henry? I mean, it's just ridiculous that the way that the, the, the nation is concerned about climate change. There are lots of climate change organisations, lots of politicians are invested in climate change. If you talk to, if you actually talk They've to MPs, rather, 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 yeah, precisely, rather, rather than the caricature of MPs. So the idea that the only reason that the green agenda is on the thing at all is because some people broke into some houses is just, it's, it's the most sort of self-indulgence and narcissism on the part of the people who just want to do this kind of stunt, regardless of how much it sets the cause back. It's also not the case that Greenpeace is the only environmental organisation, right? There is a difference between shutting out Greenpeace because Greenpeace has uh, engaged in unacceptable tactics and closing your eyes to the green message, right? There's lots of other organisations and expertise the government can draw on. The Prime Minister has only recently resisted pressure to push back the 2030 ban on the sale of new petrol and diesel cars. The, it's quite clear that the government, you know, it's certainly not perfect from a, a green point of view, but the government is not closing its eyes to the problem. But you do need to draw a line because if you blame, as the other guests did, the security, if you say it's the security's fault that this map had, Fine. The message of that is, OK, we need to ring the Prime Minister's house with steel, right? They need a permanent, permanent guards, permanent gates, and that's just another barrier up between our politicians and the public. And we've had this happen over decades. You used to be able to walk through Downing Street. Now there's gates and men with guns. And... Every little well, it was partially due to the, the, yeah, uh, no, no, the, the IRA no, no, having no, a mortar attack. No, I mean, it's not, it's not no, about peaceful protest. No, 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 I'm not. But I'm just saying that I'm, I wasn't sorry, I wasn't blaming that on Greenpeace. No, but I'm, sure. just saying, I'm just saying that over the past few decades, and now your parliament is ringed with steel, again, that was about terrorism. But all of this stuff just adds a little bit of distance between politicians and the public. And we don't want that to happen. I want the Prime Minister to have an unguarded private home in this country. But that does mean engaging responsibly with the right to protest, doing it where it's appropriate, but not breaking into something where somebody's wife and children live, where they're now going to feel insecure, that's too far. And this is a perfectly reasonable response from the government. We've got um, some reaction already from our Leslie says, Hi, Greenpeace not having meetings with the government. I think they should be having conversations in the dock in front of a judge. Uh, Mick says the government are absolutely correct to kick the stunt fanatics in Greenpeace into touch. They are opportunist control freaks who think it's okay to commit crimes. Um, Anthony, what do you make of what Henry and our texters have said? Well, the fact that, or the suggestion that the Greenpeace activists should appear in the dock, they're ready to do that. So is the Just Stop Oil people, because they are so passionately committed to getting this issue fully on the agenda. Yes, there are lots of other um, green organisations. Yes, the government is working on parts of it, but it's also working totally against it by uh, licensing all these new uh, oil and gas fields. Well, Just Stop so, Oil have, Anthony, uh, you know, you're saying they're effective in their protests and you're saying they're, very, they're all definitely very dedicated. There's no doubt about that. But actually, the government ha is not listening to them because probably, at least in part anyway, because of what they're doing, because of the vandalism that they go up to, because of the law-breaking they do. And actually, what I would argue, as someone who used to work in government, that having a reasonable conversation in those kind of meetings that Greenpeace was having and saying, this is, this is what we want you to do, is actually a much more effective way of influencing government by having a conversation rather than shouting at it and vandalising their buildings like Just Up Oil do, for example. 
Yes, but they do that because uh, they're not being heard and things are not but they, being... Well, they were being heard. They were. I mean, the Green Lobby was being listened to. Greenpeace was having meetings, and because of the stunts, they're now not being heard. So they're their own, they're their own worst enemy, or they're not, Anthony. But if the government is saying, right, we accept what you're saying, uh, but because of the way that you promote what you're saying, we're not going to do anything about it. I think that's reckless and, and irresponsible. Henry, you're chomping at the bit. <laughs> well, it's also the case that, you know, there's, there's, diff- there's variations in the green movement and Just Stop Oil's demands are absurd. When you say they're not being heard, their demand for absolutely no oil and gas licences, one, there's going to be a transition. We're not ready to do a straight flip to tomorrow. Two, if we're going to be burning oil and gas which we will be for some decades yet, it might as well be British oil and gas. Third, even after we've transitioned to green energy, we're still going to need oil for plastics, which civilization is going to need forever. So Just Stop Oil, it's a very catchy slogan. It's an absolutely demented policy, and I think it's important to distinguish between a government that is engaging reasonably with the, with the reasonable elements of the green movement to make a transition towards a, a, a clean, clean energy and a green economy, and these people who have an absurd demand, which they back up with these self-indulgent tactics, which they know will never be met, and that just gives them an excuse to keep pulling these stunts. These tactics are too far, are they not, Anthony? No, I don't think they are too far. And I don't so think, you think, you just, think just Just to be clear, Anthony, sorry, you think it's okay to vandalise government buildings and do you think it's okay to trespass on someone's property in a home where their children live? Okay, they weren't there, but what's going to be going through those children's minds about people coming to invade their home? I mean, why is that okay? Because the greater issue is so great. The greater issue is that if climate change or as climate change gets worse, it's going to affect every single one of us. It's going to affect every single one of us as uh, agriculture fails. I mean, we haven't seen the effects of this summer's extremes, but the signs are that crops in the UK are going to be down because of the climate change induced bad weather. And of course, across Europe, where you've it's been had a really mild summer. Well, what's the climate change induced bad weather? It's been a really mild summer. Uh, it, uh, well, we had um, drought in June and we had floods in, in, in July. Um, we did not have our ideal growing conditions. And of course, in the, in the south of uh, the Mediterranean, um, crops there have been affected by the extreme temperatures. Tanya says, hi, Peter. But, I mean, these are the sorts of things that going to affect us all. Tanya says, uh, hi, Peter, you should have pulled your, up on your guess. The fires in Greece were arson. The fires in Pakistan always happened. Fires in Hawaii were exacerbated by the woeful fire service and an alarm that didn't go off. The world is not burning. He should stop the catastrophizing, says Tanya. What do you make of that, Anthony? Well, yes, arson can start a fire. But if um, drought has made everything incredibly dry, then the fire is going to get much worse. If you have unseasonable hurricane winds as you do in Hawaii um, whether it's whether the fire is started by arson or by lightning strikes then the climate conditions make it that much worse Henry, final word from you. I think the frustrating thing for me is, as someone who actually is really excited about moving over to clean energy and supports not the way we're doing net zero, but supports the ambitions of net zero, this sort of conduct makes the green movement look like cranks and it actually just empowers sceptics inside the Conservative Party. It's entirely counterproductive and if Greenpeace wants to get back around the table, they should disown these people. They should disown these people, Anthony. Well, I'm delighted that you've just uh, agreed to talk on, on your show about this because it's so important. Um, we need every bit of publicity we get about these existential problems which are just around the corner. An existential problem just around the corner. Is that not just uh, raising this to, to a real crisis level that just isn't the truth, Anthony? 
Well, whether it's the truth is a matter of opinion. If you ask the Secretary General of the United Nations, if you ask the chair of the International Energy Association, they are saying those sorts of things. And they're saying that about everybody in the world. And that's you and me, as well as all the other countries which have suffered with their wildfires and their floods this year. Anthony, thank you very much indeed. That's Anthony Day there, who's the environmental consultant and host of the Sustainable Futures Report podcast. You can go and listen to that if you really want to. Henry Hill uh, was the deputy editor of Conservative Home. Thanks for coming in to the studio. What do you make of this? 0344 499 1000 is the number to call. Dan says, actually, Anthony, most people understand that the climate is getting warmer because it's been changing for millions of years. Impoverished targets are unsustainable for a balanced life. Uh, Diane in Northern Ireland says, hi, Peter, Greenpeace should still be listen to. They do good work. The Prime Minister is lucky. It was only black sheets used. It could have been oil or paint used. The sheets can be removed. No damage was done. And the protest attracts attention. Job done. It is a vitally important topic that cannot be ignored, says Diane. Mark and Beckel says people like Anthony Day need to understand that the vast majority of people living outside the M25 are more worried about putting food on the table and heating their homes this winter rather than the climate to be in. Most families can't afford net zero. I want to make sure that I get your voice heard on this. We'll take a call on this after the break because there's lots to talk about. If you want to get your voice on the air, 0344 499 1000 is the number to call. We'll have a paper review next, but we'll also take some calls on this too. So make sure you get your call in, 0344 499 1000. Stay with us here on Talk TV. Well, thank you so much for your company. Loads of calls, texts and tweets coming into the building. We're going to talk to Margaret in Bedford in a second, who I think used to work at Greenpeace. First of all, uh, Stu and Mulvern texted me to say your guest position that the Prime Minister's security team is responsible for Greenpeace deciding to engage in trespass is a perfect illustration of a man determined to change the facts to suit his favourite narrative. I'm sure Anthony uh, Day would say he doesn't do that. But Stu says it does make me wonder if the environmental narrative is simply similarly based on bending the truth. Neil and Hornsey says, Peter, why the hell do you get these people from Anthony Day? You don't have to always present the other side. It's so annoying that you frequently invite idiots on, uh, says Neil and Hornsey. Well, I want to hear the other side. I want to understand why I disagree with it. I think Anthony Day was talking absolute nonsense, but I want to understand. I want to think about it. I want to challenge you. I want you to think about it and not just hear things that you agree with all the time, uh, Neil. And I probably agree with you on this, Neil. I certainly agree with Henry Hill in terms of everything he said, but I want to make sure that we understand where other people are coming from, even if they're talking nonsense, so we can disagree with them and know why we disagree with them. Robert Taylor in Nottingham says, what Greenpeace did at the Prime Minister's house amounts to an act of terrorism and the uh, perpetrators should have been treated accordingly, says Robert Taylor. Well, we actually haven't heard so far whether there'll be any charges. I don't think terrorism is going to be one of the charges because it wasn't uh, violent in any way. Uh, We'll see what happens there. Uh, Judy says, Peter, no one is asking that the people who pay for net no one is asking the people who pay for net zero and if they believe they have the support of the people then they should not prevent a referendum on this issue next year i don't think there's going to be a referendum on net zero it is the policy of all three main parties remember the conservatives introduced it under theresa may uh, labor and the lib dems also believe that net zero should be the policy of this country but on greenpeace specifically i want to talk to margaret in bedford who's given me a call on 0344 499 margaret is it right that you used to work at greenpeace No, no, that's not me. What is your view on this, Margaret? Yeah, you know, Greenpeace has been around since I was a teenager. We always thought that they were the, the, quote, good guys. They went out and they saved the whales and they they put their lives on the line. Well, they were quite reasonable for some years. They did did protest, but they seemed to be quite a, you know, I I wouldn't necessarily be a Greenpeace supporter, but they're people who seem to be quite reasonable for some time in their views. 
and they're very active in that. But to me, now, now I wake up today and say, no, they've, they've gone over the line. They're getting very close of uh, going to the prime minister's residence, of ticking over into domestic terrorism. I already think Just Stop Oil is domestic terrorism. I don't think they're protesters in that. But, uh, yeah, he's delusional when he thinks that they are um, getting people on their side because, like I said, for decades I thought they were the good guys. Today I don't think that. No, I don't. Um, Margaret, thank you for your point. Really appreciate it. Tony is in Norfolk. Uh, let's get his views on this. Tony, what do you think of uh, Greenpeace saying, oh, no, isn't it terrible the government are cancelled our meetings and aren't talking to us? What do you think? Well, Peter, I think what's happening here is uh, there's a group taking over this and um, they're dictating to what the rest of the, the country and the world are thinking. Now, it, to me, why haven't they gone to China and demonstrated there or, or gone to India. Well, we, we, we know what would happen in China if they did the same. If they went up to, to the president of China's house and started uh, trespassing on his land, or indeed in America, Joe Biden's house, we know what would have happened, and it wouldn't have been, excuse yeah. me, could you please come down the ladder? Yeah, you're right. You're right. But another, another issue I'd like to bring up on that is surely they should be worrying about the rainforest because it's, it's declined. I, 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 I haven't got a true figure, but I would imagine there's 20% of it gone. And surely that's got a big effect because of all the carbon release. They're certainly We're talking about them. that as well. But do, do you have some sympathy with, with what Greenpeace is saying, even if no. not their, their methods, Tony? No, I have no? no sympathy for them because they're doing it the wrong way. You don't go to people's houses, whether it's the Prime Minister or, or Jack the Plumber up the road. You don't go around people's houses and doing things like that. I That's defeating the object, isn't it? Totally agree I with think. you, Tony. I, I just think it's totally unfair, especially in those little girls as well. Yeah, you're right. Bring it. That's another thing I can't get the head around. Where people want to bring children into it. Well, they you know, they, they, they live in the house the as well, and look, they might not have been there at the time, but at the same time, Tony, they would have. You know, they'll be thinking about it. It'll be something they will worry about, and and I just think it. I just think it's totally unfair. Tony, thanks for your call. Really appreciate it. We'll take more calls on this. Oh three four four. 499-1000 is the number to call on this or indeed any other issue uh, that you want to talk about. Robin's been in touch. He says, hi, Peter. I was a member of Greenpeace in the 1990s. And just like Captain Paul Watson, a founder member of Greenpeace, I was disillusioned right from the start. I found them to be a load of anoraks who wasted £1.3 million invading an oil rig. They cared very little about animals and the wheel protest was a stunt, says that texter. Uh, well, there's lots to talk about, not just in terms of Greenpeace, but also uh, in terms of what's in the paper. Vincent Moss is a political commentator and former political editor of the Sunday Mirror. Great to have you with us again, Vincent. How are you doing? Very well, thanks. Morning, just, Peter. Just before we go on, I mean, you, I'm sure you have views on this as well in terms of the Rishi Sunak stand on Greenpeace saying, "Oh, isn't it terrible that they're not the government's not talking to us anymore?" I mean, my view may not be your view, but my view is, you reap what you sow. Get on with it. Stop whinging. Absolutely. And I think what Greenpeace did was terrible, really, because they, not, they may have had no violent intent, but they've identified the house to many people who might have violent intent. It's put the family at potentially huge risk. Uh, and it's a very dangerous thing to do. I think one of the problems that Greenpeace have faced is a lot of people competing for space and time and headlines. And they've probably come up with a stunt that sounded pretty good when they talked about it. Mm. And it's really backfired on them and really got the public um, very much against them. So it's not worked out well for them at all. All for the police, by the way, have lots of questions to answer. Lots of questions. How, how it got to the point it did. Well, it wouldn't have, as we were saying earlier, in China or America, that have been gunned down. Um, tell us about the front page. I'll leave any further comments to you, dear listener. I'm Anthony Day. The Sustainable Futures Report will be back in September. <laughs>